Hey everyone, this is Siobhan and you're listening to the Create Beyond Sunday podcast, where we challenge you to let your faith lead your creativity. This is for people who love God and their ability to create, but are trying to find their footing in the lane of media or entertainment. It's time for us to create Beyond Sunday. I have the privilege of having Jean Latte on our show today. She is an award-winning writer, producer, and director. She directs films, music videos, promos, and branded content. Her promo and commercial credits include work with Fox, CMT, Barbie, Amazon Studios, Paramount Pictures, Bravo, Hershey's, Pantene, Nickelodeon, and OWN. Her short film has won numerous awards, including Best Director at the Black Women in Film Festival. She has also worked with various creatives to help develop projects to pitch. Now listen in on our conversation. This conversation is led by my many of conversations of what does it look like to create Beyond Sunday? And that just means like, what does it look like to go beyond Sunday morning in church as a creative? And I wanted to ask you, because uh, growing up, a lot of my friends uh, were believers and we didn't initially believe that we were going to be in the creative space. Did you initially know, one, that you were supposed to be a creative? And then Mm -hmm. what did that support look like? Well, (laughs) according to my uncle, I was a weird kid. He said I ran sideways. And I'm not talking about skipping, like running literally sideways. And I vaguely remember this, so I think he's right. And also just thank you so much for asking these questions and using your gifts to kind of shine light on Jesus and other people. I really appreciate that. I knew there are two memories that I had. One where, and this is like going off on a tangent, but it is what it is, right? You've got to know your strengths and, and your weaknesses. And my weaknesses are tangents. When I would, had to have been like six, my uncle, his name was Pee Wee. That was his nickname, you know, from <laughs> South Atlanta. Or I'm from Marietta. My dad's from South Atlanta. It was his brother. He was dying of cancer. And I distinctly remember at six laying in his bed, like, you know, because the door was open. So everybody, you know, people could walk in. And this is a long time ago, but he was laying there. And I remember sitting on his bed and feeling like, is this makes any sense? Like I was already 40 and I had already lived a life mm. and that this was all just a dress rehearsal for the main thing, which I guess in my mind at that time was heaven. And that I knew in some way or another, I would see him again. And that was the first time that I really connected with something outside of myself that mm. I couldn't explain. Right. Right. And so from there at eight, I remember just knowing that I was going to be a director and that God had called me to be a director. And, and I talk about this sometimes. <laughs> I felt like I was either, I, I remember my parents were driving and they had pulled up, maybe picked me up from some after school mm-hmm. place. I was like eight. And I remember, I could have been six, you know, I'm so much older now. Like, like was I, you know, 132? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I remember them pulling up and I said, mom and dad, mom and dad. I said, I know what I want to be when I grow up. And they're like, okay, okay, what is it? And they were like really successful in their own right. And I said, I either want to be a filmmaker or a maid, okay? (laughs) Or a maid? Like where did the maid come in? Right. I said, a filmmaker or a maid. And I said, I'll I'll stay with you and take care of you for the rest of your life. 
And I remember them looking at each other like the biggest side eye and deep <laughs> held breath in the whole world. And I realized later, again, after just falling in love with the Lord and understanding purpose, that the reason that I said made is because like being a filmmaker, you tell stories, but I think the honor in telling those stories is serving others and serving the hearts of people and serving kind of being a conduit for the Lord for you to be able to tell these stories and people to connect with them enough that it changes their lives. So I think I, I had this heart of servanthood that has not necessarily bled into filmmaking, but is a part of me being a filmmaker and a director. So like every set that I go on, whether like from the PA up, I shake their hand and thank them for being there and thank them for their gift being here. And then just working with actors and stuff, serving the story that we're both honored to tell in a way that is, is humbled and not up high mm-hmm. um, that can really bring out an authentic story. I feel like I'm rambling, but basically. No. <laughs> I'm over here like you're giving everybody a good master class, okay? And I'm listening. <laughs> so, so basically, yeah, I, I think in order, I always say, and I'm sure this came from church somewhere, I know it probably did, in order to be a good leader, you have to know how to serve. Absolutely. And so I think that's where, you know, my young brain that's where that came from. And only later was I able to really, as I went to film school and worked and tried to get into film school and all this stuff, just realized kind of what that meant. I I love being honest with people because I think it's a privilege that we are able to now see tangibly directors, whether it's we follow them on social media or their websites, like they're tangible. We can see them now before people really weren't invested in like who was behind the camera. I want to, I want you to give a little perspective because people will see that you have had these opportunities that you've been able to do work and it's been shown on own, or you've been able to direct and you've won awards. How did you end up in the position to direct? Because I heard you say just a minute ago, like trying to get into film school, like what would somebody be surprised to know about your journey as a director? Oh, wow. That I knew what I wanted to be since I was eight, but it's taken me all these years to actually have some sort of success at it and still trying to reach and climb and still trying to achieve the ultimate goal of wanting to make Jesus happy in the stories that I tell in a way that's authentic and real and can connect to all people. You know, there's a pressure that I put on myself and a fear that I put on myself that, um, and there we go talking about fear again, but like just wanting to leave everything out there before I go and letting God really use me and what lives will be changed. Even like some people don't know what they're going to do until years later, but some people like me knew from very young and yet it's still under God's timing and pacing. You know, so just the fact that it's never too late or too early for anyone to follow the path that God has for them and that he knows the exact timing. Even if you've messed up, I had an opportunity when I was eight years old, I mean, eight, 18, Mm -hmm. I took a bus down to Wilmington, North Carolina to try and pitch to, I loved this show called Dawson's Creek. Mm -hmm. And I tried to pitch to the producer of Dawson's Creek. So I took a bus and I thought the bus was just going to pull up like on the set the cast is going to be there, cameras. And then it like pulled up in this lone bus depot, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> 10 miles from the city. And thankfully God had placed some people on that bus that were like, you know, the one guy knew the casting agent for, um, for the show and knew where they were going to be filming. 
you know, so God, when you step out, God continuing to place those moments for you. And I pitched to the producer of Dawson's Creek on the side of the, the road. He was like, okay. I wrote a treat. He said, send me a treatment. Took me six months. The treatment's supposed to be a couple of pages. Mine was 150 pages. You know what I mean? Uh, no, it was too much. I wrote a book for the man. Um, and he was like, okay, this a lot, this a lot. He's, he was like, you know, what else do you have? And that was the first lesson in understanding that you have to have a backup. You mm. have to have other stories. And I was so afraid that I stayed in touch with him for two more years after that. And all I had to do was write the treatment, another idea, but I was so afraid that I didn't. And then the show ended. And wow. so I know. So I think that was devastating to me. And I, I went into a bit of a depression, but the Lord is always so good that he brought me out of that and brought me even more opportunities. Um, and I know one day something like that will come back around again, that I'll be able to create my own Dawson's Creek for a new generation of people. So that happened right the summer after I graduated. So for two or three years, I felt like a failure mm -hmm. because everybody in that small town had known what I had done. And they're like, yes, this is it. And the pressure of that and not knowing what to do and being afraid that he wouldn't like my stuff, all of that just made me spiral, right? right. Um, but then, you know, the Lord helped me out of that. There was, there was a, a musician that I found that I really liked that gave me hope again. And I started dreaming again. And, and then just other factors and other people. And so I started trying to make my own, I gathered my church people together, tried to make my own TV show. And then that fell through, tried to make my own feature that fell through. And I just really prayed like, God, what do you want me to do? And at 27, the Lord told me to go to film school. So I applied to film school in New York, ended up um, meeting a really good friend who let me stay up there with her and her family. And then I went to film school and then came back to Atlanta, went to film school and started developing relationships. And then one thing led to another. And that's kind of how I, so it wasn't a perfect path, even though I knew what I wanted to do. That's good. I'm glad that you said that because I, I think that people do get discouraged, especially if they are deciding or aren't sure and figure out, okay, filmmaking is my thing, but I'm 40. And I, I love that you, you knew very early, but I like that you mentioned, okay, like I, I put myself out there, which was, listen, <laughs> 18, I was 18. I was like, I don't, what, I don't even know what I want to wear today. <laughs> um, but I think that's amazing that, and even in that it was, you know, a lesson and I'm definitely believing that God will bring the opportunity for you uh, sooner rather than later. That's oh, just my own. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to add no, that on there. That. And then also, <laughs> also the idea of getting back up, like no matter how old you are, we've all had so many like disappointments or this is so close and it doesn't happen. And I am living testimony that A, even though it doesn't happen the way that you want it to, it's going to happen on time and, and exactly the best for you. Right. And that as long as in this business, you keep people, you treat people well, keep people close and do your very best and keep trying, mm -hmm. then that is where success really is. Right. You know what I mean? If you give up and, and you don't see what the end of the road is for you, like the, the God has written this whole story. And if you stop, you won't be able to see it. And that there are people that need you. I always say in my classes, I'm like, I, I was like, you know, life is, or creating work is kind of like, walking a tightrope in a circus, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're walking that tightrope and there 
are people on the other side that need you, right? right? And you can be afraid and look, you know, you can look down, you can look over and it just seems so scary, but it's so important for you to cross that tightrope because for you, it might be a tightrope, but for the people on the other side that need you, it's mm-hmm. a lifeline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so it's just super important. So that's how I view just keep getting up and like, you know, cause there's healing for people in the work that you do. I, I like that you mentioned that you even got your church involved, like, hey, we're going to film and we're going to create this and how you've involved. I do want to ask, because the thing that people ask me all the time before I go to what it looks like creating Beyond Sunday, how do you get to the place of, OK, I get to work on a project that is on OWN or Fox or for different brands, how do I put myself out there to do that? I mean, honestly, sometimes when I do these interviews or talk, I'm always like, I don't know if people want me, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because my advice is always going to point back to Jesus and how you treat people. I mean, the reality is if it was just on me and like trying to plan and strategize, I could have never planned to strategize this road. Right. You know, it it truly was me being like, God, this is your career. And just like when I get married, God, this is your marriage. I am a willing and obedient servant to what you want. And even in there, are, there are places that I am disobedient. Right. And like, mm-hmm. it's tough because it's like, like I'm a human. Right. Right. But I think if your heart is willing to do and this is just talking about from a Jesus perspective, Absolutely. which I really think bleeds into everything else. If your heart is willing to do what God is actually do, he will open up every door in the exact right timing that leads to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, if, if it wasn't for the Lord, norm, it would be me going, I feel like number one, me going normal film school stuff. And then number two, you know, when I did that Dawson's Creek thing, I had really just started knowing the Lord. And mm-hmm. so I think letting that fear and not understanding that God was with me, right? Definitely just changed and shifted things for me. But how I got to where I am, a lot of prayer and a lot of, where do you want me to go to school? New York. Where do you want me to go to school after New York? Atlanta. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. really listening to the Lord. And then, like I said, just being good to people. So the short answer is, is that the like, and so for instance, the, how I got to work in the commercial world. I was work, you know, in film school and I was directing projects and having vision is important, having passion, mm-hmm. direction, knowing what you want to do and, and getting people passionately involved in your vision. That's a way to get people to be a part of what you want to do. But also, I was also looking at my friends who were making films. Hey, what do you need help with? You need casting? Let me help you with casting. Oh, you don't got no food? Okay, well, I'll cook for you, you know, and just being, again, that servant part of willing to help other people achieve their dreams without looking for anything in return. Mm. And so what ended up happening was people were more than willing to help me when I needed it. And I ended up making a promo. A friend of mine who's a brilliant writer, she was writing a play with her ex-husband and her husband at the time. And I asked her, did she need a promo? And she was like, sure. And then I roped in my boyfriend at the time and the production company that I had been interning with and asked them to help me. And they were like, okay, I made that. And then it started getting buzz around town. And 
the guy that the head of Bark Bark, which is the production company that I make commercials with, he saw it and he just mm. sent me one email and said, hey, can you come in and uh, I want to have coffee with you. Mm. And so I went and had coffee and he offered me a job, you know. Wow. And then after that, like even with Soul Fire, you know, people that I had helped and worked on in this tribe that we had, me and my friend Chris Anthony Hamilton, who directed, uh, DP'd it, and my friend Nina Marinoff, who produced it. You know, this tribe kind of came together. And after I'd been helping them, they came and helped me on Soul Fire. And then we won. And then I was like, I wanted to be good to them. And so the prize money that we won, I paid for people to go to Miami to come be wined and dined and treated, you know, by Jack Daniels. One, I'm invested in great stories. I love great <laughs> stories because this is my, my biggest thing for people who are going to listen, whether you're a believer or not, but specifically for those who do believe it's, I, I want us to get out of this notion that we are limited. And I think we're, we have this perspective that we're limited because we've only seen creativity like in the church. And I'm not, everybody who knows me, I'm not bashing the church because I'm a believer. I, mm -hmm. I want us to be better. But I think that we are afraid. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you've been talking about fear. We're afraid because we don't know and we haven't been in that position. We haven't seen it. And we don't, because we haven't seen it, that means we sometimes don't believe it's possible for us. So I mm. think that everything that you're sharing is good because the like resounding thing that I hear is one, how important it is to talk to God, like and ask him and not involve him on the back end. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect because listen, y'all know mm. I, you know, am sometimes a disobedient child. But mm -hmm. it also shows like why it's so important to have community and collaborate and treat people well because out of all of the things, that's what's continued to move you forward. Like it's healthy relationship and being able to serve people, see people and show up for people. So, yeah, no, thank you for that. And I, I will say two things. Number one, it's so crazy to me that, and not in a bad way, just mm -hmm. it's like mind boggling that you're saying that the church feels limited when I'm like, being a believer is the greatest being a believer in this industry for me has been the greatest door opening biggest dreams collaborative space i've ever been a part of every project that i've ever done has miraculously come together because mm. of god like me trying to do it on my own no bueno right but right. like if god said i can do it there were locations, there were cameras, there were people that I could have never got about. Mm. But because I'm like, God, okay, you told me to do this. I need this, this, and this. God came in and showed out. So to me, being a believer is an advantage over right. all of Hollywood. Like there are no limits. There is no cap. And that's how I've always approached film school. Like me going to film school. So this was when I went to film school, the first time was 2007. And I wanted to go and the Lord said New York. So I started looking at, it was like Craigslist at the time. And it, there was no like real Facebook. It wasn't like, <laughs> so you could like check people out. So like I would look and there'd be these like dingy pictures of like one beds and like a corner. It was so scary. And I said, okay, God, you said that, you know, you wanted me to go to film school in New York. I need your help. Like I want to live with people that feel like family. I want to, you know, be, I want it to be safe, et cetera, et cetera. And 
literally the next day, my friend who lives in New York, mm-hmm. we had never met. And the first time we talked, she said, I believe God said we're supposed to be friends. Mm-hmm. And literally six months to the day of our first interaction, she had, they had asked me, they said, well, come live with us in New York while you go to film school. And they gave me a car, a place to stay, and they did become family. Hmm. So God provided for me to be able to go to film school in New York without having to pay this. And I lived rent free with that car. Right. And people that years later really were like family. So it's just kind of like you got you put out the impossible and God provides. I do want to ask you about Heartbeat Film Club. Mm hmm. I love it. Listen, I just want you to know that I have turned into a brief ambassador for it because really, I told my friend today, I I was on the phone with her. We were having a meeting and I was like, I have to sing you what she's doing because it's dope. And like, because I am the same way, like I want people to get it. Tell us what it is and why did you start it? Well, I mean, again, for me, it all started with a dream like 20 years ago where I wanted to have a coffee shop, a school, and a production company. And the Lord, I had had it literally in a dream, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, go through life, blah, blah. And essentially, I started Heartbeat Film Club because I had people, like other people coming to me either being shocked that I was a director, that I was a female director, that I was a Black female director, and people just not having acts like it's changed a lot right right because there are a lot of places that are trying to give people access so there's this um my friend angela who is a director who's awesome she told me about this club called the jtc list mm-hmm. um and it's for you yeah so it's yes. for women of color and it's a great i mean they give so many opportunities there's this thing called start with eight which is a mentorship program that I'm a part of. And um, I have two mentors. One is Meg Deloach, who is the showrunner for Family Reunion on Netflix and The Neighborhood on CBS, right? Um, And I have another mentor, Matt King, who is just awesome. So anyway, those are great programs. But I, I just, you know, I went to two different film schools. I went to film school in New York, where they talked about kind of the why you know, which is really important. And then I went to film school in um, Atlanta and they talked about the how. Mm. And I thought, you know, again, before like big crazy YouTube and all this stuff, I was like, in order for me to get this education or these opportunities, I have to go to New York or LA, right? And then of course the film business hit in Atlanta. But again, I was a director in a sea of people that were grips, gaffers, DPs even, right? And so I guess I just always had this dream of giving people the education and knowledge that I've learned over time. But more importantly, the biggest thing with Heartbeat Film Club is pouring into the two things that I love, community, and making people feel supported, making them feel heard, making them feel loved in their art, right? And then also them understanding their why, which is what I call your heartbeat. And after I went to film school in New York, there was a girl, her name was Rachel. And she was one of the youth leaders. Um, we were all kind of youth leaders um, in this church. Church is called East West Church. And um, we, the youth ministry was full turn, which is now an actual ch- a church. But anyway, when I came home from film school, I remember Rachel sitting there and talking about what's your heartbeat. But she was talking about in life. Mm-hmm. And so for me, going to that film school in New York, and they were talking about, you know, this rule or this rule is, is life and death. 
Right. And I remember thinking, no, cancer is life and death. Okay. Mm -hmm. These heavy, heavy things are life and death. This is not life and death. And so for me, I just really wanted to put purpose behind the ability to create and talk about art. And so all of that to say that when Rachel said, what's your heartbeat? It made me think, what's my heartbeat as a filmmaker, which has helped me throughout my career. And so now I want to instill in other people to ask yourself why you're creating what you're creating and how will it help the world moving forward? And so that's really the heart behind Heartbeat Film Club and giving people practical, they take classes and learn the practical technical aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Also asking the why they're creating it and what's their heartbeat in creating it. And then we always have a pro panel of industry professionals that come in and look at the art that they've created and, and give them feedback on it. So there's a, there's a learning aspect and then a practical application aspect and then a feedback aspect of it. But all of it underneath is who are you and why were you born to create? Mm. I like it. I like it a lot. Yes, I, I'm going to send people your way. Uh, okay. I'm going to partake because I think it's a, it's needed. And I like the why because it's very easy to get caught up in chasing and that you forget why you started in the first place. So I love that question. I'm going to write it in my journal actually tonight. <laughs> uh, so thank you for that. Sure. And the last thing I want to ask you, which is a loaded question. Okay. <laughs> How do you determine your boundary and what you produce? Oh, prayer. <laughs> it's not that loaded. <laughs> I, I legit, well, honestly, like as an artist, if I initially see something that doesn't line up with what I believe, mm-hmm. then I will be like, you know what, this isn't for me, but I might know somebody else that, you know, I think initially it's that, that thing that, um, the spark, the the chill, the things that you can see the spirit of God in, mm-hmm. right? Or how you can infuse the spirit of God mm-hmm. in a piece of work. That's mm-hmm. what I look for or what calls out to me. Okay. And then if I'm still unsure, I'm like, God, is this something that you want me to do? Because I feel like, because, and if this makes any sense, because my relationship with God is so close mm-hmm. that you know, it fluctuates over the years, right? But essentially when you know somebody and you love them, you understand their heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So when I'm reading something or looking at something, I'm automatically downloading from the Holy Spirit. Does this connect to me, i.e. God? Can God use my gift to bring this out, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not always a God, is this something you want me to do? But I do ask that a lot. But I think it's the initial because I, I am connected with God. When I'm, watch, when I'm reading this material or looking at it, there are things that, that speak to me or the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit gives me inspiration and continues to do so and shows the things that are a part of his character, which are light and love and, and the power of God and you know all these ideas start downloading, that's the first indicator. Okay, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes... And I'm just even talking from a commercial standpoint, right? Right. And then, you know, from a passion project standpoint, absolutely. But from a passion project standpoint, mm-hmm. I definitely ask the Lord, do you want me to work with this person? Do you want me to do this? That mm-hmm. is every time I do a project. If it's commercial work mm-hmm. and it's just straight up like the Oprah stuff, you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. connecting with me. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, Yes, it does. So... Yeah, absolutely. 
So what is next for you? Oh gosh. I'm pitching. <laughs> I'm pitching a lot right now, which is really cool. I'm winter program for heartbeat film club is going to roll out in January. So it's going to be a lot of talks, classes. There's something called the $5 film club where you can be a part of all things community, like having coffee Fridays where we have coffee and talk about your career as a community. Um, we watch movies together and, and have feedback, like all kinds of fun stuff like that. And then I am writing a couple of scripts right now, collaborating with a lot of people. There's a really, there, so there are a couple of people that I want to shout out right now that are really great. Um, one of them, his name is Hiram Leon, and he is a producer um, in Nashville, Tennessee, who's really great. Uh, there's a DP named Mika, and I always mess up his last name, Martinez. I think that's it. But he's from Nashville, and he um, DP'd my CMT project. Chris Anthony Hamilton, which you can find at chrisanthonyhamilton.com, who's an amazing director, writer, DP. Nina Marinoff, who's a great director, editor, Brothers Young Productions. Like all of these people are people that I've worked with that are really phenomenal. Um, a lot of really great people over at Viacom that I'm working with, Bark Bark, who's a production company in Atlanta that are looking for, that are always looking for new directors. All of that to say, I guess my future is just loving on those people and creating with them, really. That's good. So let everybody know how they can get in touch with you, follow you, connect with you, those type of things. Um, yeah, so um, on Instagram, so my website, Instagram, everything is my name. It's just Jean Latte, J-A-N-L-A-T as in Tom A-E. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, even my website, that's what it's called. And I'm always down to have coffee, have virtual coffee, um, and just to laugh and talk with people and collaborate. And then if, if they wanna know more about Heartbeat Film Club, you can go to jeanlatte.com and sign up for our newsletter. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You are my first guest for this season and it's Yay. been fun. Thank you. I learned a lot. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Siobhan Mitchell and on Twitter at Siobhan Adrian. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.